Hallelujah. Okay, so today, um, as you've probably already gathered, we're going to be speaking about the biblical meaning of number nine. Number nine in scripture. You know, this is a, this is a special one to me. You know, um, you know, for one of the last messages that y'all gave me was that my number is nine. Hmm. And so, you know, yeah, this one's kind of special to me. Uh, even though I, I don't think I still got the full revelation of what that actually means. I think I am getting a bit closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, so let's let's jump right in and see what we can gather from the number nine in scripture. So one of the first things to speak to is final judgment. Mm. You know, it speaks to finality as well as judgment, as well as final judgment. I should put it like that. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's take a look at some examples of this. Uh, the number nine, first and foremost, is the final single digit. So by default, it denotes finality, mm. you know, um, and judgment. But judgment is always the final say on the matter. You know, when you think about it, you know, uh, whatever it is you do or someone else does, you know, at the end of the day, they have to face judgment. Mm. Right. You know, and, you know, I always like to try to tell folks that, you know, don't fret if, you, if it looks like, you know, folks, you know, do everything under the sun and everything goes their way. Mm. You know, nobody gets away with anything. That's right. You know? And just because you don't see the judgment in this life, trust or believe, there's a judgment that's right. coming. That's you know, and they will get their just due. So no one gets away with anything. So don't be envious of the wicked. Mm. You know. So uh judgment is the final work of Elohim concerning mankind, you know, and Yahushua, our Mashiach, our king, will also be our judge. You know, we read about this yeah. in, in Yochanan 5.22. says, for the father judgeth no man, but have committed all judgment unto the son. So we hear, everybody, we learn that Yahshua, he's going to be the one that's judging us. You know, um, Hebrews 9.27, and as it, and as it is, appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You know, so... You live, you die, you get judged. Also, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, you know, for we must all appear before the judgment seat. That word all means all. You know, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Mashiach, that everyone may receive the things done in this body according to that he have done, whether it be good or whether bad, whether it be good or bad. So take note of what it did not say. It didn't say that you'll be judged according to all the things that you had thought to do. Mm. It didn't say that you'll be judged according to all the things you intended to do. Mm. Yet it said you'll be judged according to that you have done. Mm. That ye have done and whether it be good or bad. Mm. If it be good, you'll be rewarded. That's a judgment as well. If it be bad, you'll be sentenced. 
got some judgment as well. Amen. Whether it be good or bad, you're gonna, you're gonna be judged. You know. Now, let's uh see how this coincides with number nine. Uh, consider Luke 23, 44 through 46. It says, and it was about the sixth hour when there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Yahushua had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my Ruach. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. So we see that our Messiah, our Messiah, uh, Yahushua's last hour on, on earth was the ninth hour. Mm. Mm. Amen. Yes. You know, so his final hour was the ninth hour. How's that for finality? Mm -hmm. You know, hereby we learned that the judge of all's final breath is associated with the number nine. But let's take a look at some other examples of this aspect of nine, the number nine as well. All right, this first one is concerning King David. Let me have my first reader read 2 Samuel 24, 8 through 13, please. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. And Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword. And the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart smote him as to that he had numbered the people. And David said unto Yahuwah, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Yahuwah, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And when David was up in the morning, the word of Yahuwah came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith Yahuwah, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. Okay. Uh, so, you know, David got himself, uh, well, got all of Israel. See, that's the thing that you have to understand concerning kings. The kings can't just get themselves in trouble because the king is the head representative of Israel, and God looks at Israel as one person. Right. You know, so if the king is in trouble, everybody in trouble. And that's what, you know, folks don't seem to understand about how Yah operates and how this many-member body thing operates. You know, so here it is, David sinned greatly. So Yah is looking at Israel sinned greatly. And, and so, you know, when the sentence comes, uh, comes about, it doesn't just come about on David. It comes about on all of Israel. You know, and it came, out, came about so much on them that 70,000 of them died from this pestilence. Because uh, King David would choose the three days of pestilence in, in the land. And within those three days, we're told that 70,000 souls died. 
died from this pestilence. Mm-hmm. You know, and King David, you know, was torn up about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I want you to take note that it happened in the ninth month. You know, something else uh, that I want you to take note of is that in this ninth month, you know, not only, you know, did this happen and we see that judgment was was proclaimed, you know, then the judgment was the three days of pestilence, you know, but I also want you to see that also in the ninth month that the word of Yahuwah came, you know, it came to prophet Gad. You know, and and we're gonna we're gonna get into that too because you know the number nine also represents you know the word of Yahuwah. Say lot. You know, I'm coming anyway. So then we have King Hoshea. You know, now King Hoshea. You know, Hosea means deliverer, you know, and King Hosea was the final king of the house of Israel. You know, uh, now, that said, he was also the only king of Israel or Yahuda to reign nine years, Mm. to only reign nine years. You know, some reign shorter, some reign longer, but he's the only one that reigned nine years. Mm. You know, I think that was more than a um, coincidence. Hmm. Uh, out of 40 plus kings, hmm. he's the only one that reigned nine years. I think y'all saying something, absolutely. Hmm. You know, uh, in the 12th, uh, uh, let me have my next reader read 2 Kings 17, 1 through 8, please. In the 12th year of Ahaz, king of Yehuda, began Hosham, the son of Elah, to reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahuwah, but not as the kings of Israel that were before him. Against him came up Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his servant and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to Saul, king of Misraim, and brought no present to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore, the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried away Israel into Assyria and placed them in Halah and in Habor by the river Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against Yahuwah their Elohim which had brought them up out of the land of Misraim from under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Misraim, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen from whom Yahuwah cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which had they had made. Hallelujah. Okay, so first of all, you know, I want to point out the irony that uh that you know Yah has has a sense of humor whether you believe it or not <laughs> he does have a sense of humor and I, I want to point out the irony of uh Hosea Hosea means deliverer you know and he delivered Israel all right right into the hands of the enemy you know <laughs> you know and he delivered them to where that they were captives you know and the enemy's land 
you know, uh, how's that for irony, right? Mm -hmm. You know, now we see that Hosea was the son of Elah, uh, to, um, and he reigned in Samaria over Israel nine years. Now he reigned nine years, and in his ninth year, verse six tells us, you know, that the king of Assyria took Samaria. So you see how this coincides with the number nine? Mm -hmm. You know, um, how's this for final judgment? The mm -hmm. final judgment comes in association with the number nine representing final judgment, you know, and it is associated with the final king of Israel, you know, in his ninth year of all years, you know, uh, of reign. You know, now another interesting thing, you know, just uh, as a side note, you know, another interesting thing is, you know, the reason they got big shoes out of the land, you know, and, you know, verse 7 tells us, for so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against Yahuwah. Okay, so, you know, that's usually, you know, how you get in trouble with Yah, you know, by sinning against them, my man, mm -hmm. you know, falling short of the mark, what's the mark? To arise the mark, say like mm. uh, so when you read about katab, which is sin, and it says to fall short of the mark, you know you know what the mark is. You know, um now, you know, said they sinned against Yahuwah, and how did they do so? You know, it tells us that they feared other gods. You know, now this is very revelatory. This is very revelatory indeed, you know, because in today's time. You know, there's so many that fear other gods. Yeah, 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 not here. There's so many that fear other gods. You know, and it, and it says, you know, not only did they fear the gods, but they walked in the statues of the heathens. Mm. Mm. You mm. know, uh, can anyone tell me what a god is? Mighty one, judge. Yes, strong ruler or judge. Absolutely. They feared other gods and they walked in the statutes of the heathen. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's folks, you know, that fear other gods in our day and time and they walk in the statutes of the heathen, you know, such as, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a law now that, you know, saying you know, same sex marriages, you know, yeah, you know, uh, the gods of America, you know, uh, the God of America, you know, the same one that's on, that's spoken about on the back of the uh, money that says in God we trust. Yeah, that one, you know, the um, God of America says it. So that same sex marriages are okay. But the God of the heavens and the earth says that it is right. You know, so which God do you feel? Mm. Which God's statues are you going to walk in? Mm. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so um, we're going to keep it moving over to King Zedekiah. Mm. Yep. King Zedekiah. Uh, you know, with a Yasin name like this, we know he done Yasin things, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, Zedekiah means the righteousness of Yah. But again, Yah has some irony mm. <laughs> let me have my next uh my next reader read second kings 24 10 through 17. at that time the servants of 
Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants, and his prince and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign. And he carried out thence all the treasure of the house of, Yah of Yahuwah and the treasures of the king house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon king of Israel had made in the temple of Yahuwah and Yahuwah had said, as Yahuwah had said, and he carried away all Jerusalem, Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor, even 10,000 uh, captives and all the craftsmen and smiths None remained, save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoshaphat uh, to Babylon and the king's mother and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty of the land, those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And all the men of might, even 7,000 and craftsmen and smiths, a thousand, all that were strong and apt for war, even them the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. And the king of Babylon made Mathaniah, his father's brother, king in his stead and charged his name Zedekiah, mm. and changed his name Zedekiah. All right, so here we, everybody, we learned that King Zedekiah wasn't always Zedekiah. <laughs> he was actually Matanai, mm. which means gift of Yah. Mm. You know, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lesson, there's a, there's a um, very profound lesson in this, you know, the king of Babylon, you know, is the one who named Mataniah and chose him to be king. Bless you. Now, first of all, this is not going to make too much sense, you know, um, unless you, you you know like the prophecy that Jeremiah spoke. You know, in Jeremiah twenty-four, I believe it's Jeremiah twenty-four. You know, he he speaks of seeing some things. Some good figs and some bad figs, mm. you know. And the good figs, you know. Long story short, the good figs were those who surrendered and gave themselves over to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who who voluntarily went into captivity. But the bad figs were the ones who stayed behind. Mm. Mm. You know, and so when you look at Jehoiakim, King Jehoiakim, you know, who only reigned, he had the he had the shortest reign of anyone, any of the kings. Maybe not. Um, I think it may be somebody beat him out, but he definitely had one of the shortest reigns. It was only like three months, three months and ten days, something like that. You know, um, so but Jehoiakim, 
you know, he surrendered, you know. But when you look at Yahakim, you look at all the numbers involved with him, and they're nothing but good. You know, you have number eight, which speaks to new beginnings, and you have the number 10, which is uh, uh, which is a good number. You have number, uh, um, I've seen one, which is uh, the um, uh, number of Elohim, you know, it says somewhere about 1,000. And then it has 7,000 men of might. Yeah, right there in verse 16, mm. you know. Uh, you know, and so, you know, this this passage is screaming out, you know, that, you know, it's blessed of Yah. Mm. Yeah. See, you got to be able to recognize that, mm. you know. But then we come to King, as he takes, um, you know, takes uh, possession, you know, he makes Mataniah, uh, you know, the father's brother, you know, the uh, king's brother, the king's father and brother, or his uncle, you know, king in his stead, who's a little mm. bit older than him, you know, because Jehoiakim uh, was only like 18 years old, you know, but Mataniah was 21, mm. and so he makes him king, makes him king in, in his stead, you know, and he changes name to Zedekiah. Interesting. Because you know, Yahiakim, guess what his name means? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I know. But uh, <laughs> his name means appointed of Yah. Mm. So here it is we have the king of Babylon, the king of confusion, mm. removes from being king the one that Yah appointed mm. and appoints another in his stead. Mm. And who, who does he choose to appoint Matanahu or I mean Mataniah, which means the gift of Yah? So he's seen that Mataniah, you know, was gifted. Okay, so you should be king. Hmm. You know, don't let your gifts be mistaken for righteousness. Mm -hmm. You know, because he was gifted of Yah, you know, he ended up being named Zedekiah and becoming king, you know, uh, and a lot of people make that mistake because they see someone who's gifted of Yah, they assume that they're also, they also have the righteousness of Yah. Mm -hmm. But the gifts are given without repentance. You can be gifted of Yah, get the gift, you know, and then go wicked, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and no, you won't be in the righteousness of Yah. You, you know, you won't be won't truly have Zedekiah, you know, truly be the righteousness of Yah. You know, um, like Balaam comes to mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a true prophet of, of Yah, you know, until he decided to go against him. Yeah. You know, and then he, he wasn't. You know, so uh, let's continue on. So we see King Zedekiah, the gift of Yah, um, uh, or his name means righteousness of Yah, but we really he really was the gift of Yah first you know and he ended up becoming the final king of Yahud. you know and so let's read about his story let me have my next reader read second kings 25 1 through 7. and it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign in the tenth month in the tenth day of that month that nebuchadnezzar king of babylon came he and all his host against Jerusalem and pitched against it. And they built forts against it round about. And the city besieged unto the eleventh year 
of the king of the Hezekiah. In the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city, and there was no bread for the people of the land. And the great city was broken up, and all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between two walls, which were by the king's garden. Now the channels Chaldees were against the city roundabout, and the king went the way toward the plain. And the army of the Chaldees pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. And all his army were scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon, to Rabbah, and they gave judgment upon him. And they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with feeders of brass and carried him to Babylon. Mm. Hallelujah. Okay, so first of all, I want you to take take note that all this happened in the ninth year of his reign. Mm -hmm. What's what's you think that's just a coincidence, you know, yeah, that the final king of Israel happened, you know, his his reign ended in the ninth year, <laughs> you know, and the final year of the final king of Yahuda also came to pass in the ninth year of his reign. See how that nine is connected to that final, final king. Yep. You know, uh, you know. Now, another interesting thing is that it was actually on the ninth day that you know that the enemy would come come in and and wreak havoc. You know, it was on the ninth day that the city was broken up, and it was on the ninth day that they gave judgment upon King Zedekiah and it says and they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah I want you to think about that for a minute because that was you know mm. you know it's it's a lot entailed in there mm. you know for one there's there's a there's a lesson in there you know that you know hey he was not the righteousness of Yahuwah right. you know the righteousness speaks to light you know and it speaks to you know uh having those who have light you know they're able to see mm -hmm. well you know he couldn't see so hence he went blind mm -hmm. you know he was he was blinded mm -hmm. you know but also you know talk about you know something cruel mm -hmm. you know uh they slew his king they slew his sons yeah. before his eyes and then put out his <laughs> eyes so the last thing that he saw was the slaying of his sons so that's the last memory Mm. of anything that he saw mm. was the death of his, his, uh, his sons <coughs> you know yeah man sure know how know how to be cruel right mm -hmm. you know and then he blind him and take him in the in the babylon mm. you know now again remember that the king don't stand alone mm. the king is the uh representative for the rest of the people he ranked yeah. you know so when they put out the eyes of zedekiah mm. they put out the eyes of everyone in judah mm. yeah, at that time 
they all became blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I pray that you can see that. Yeah. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, you know, when they put out his eyes, they put out all the eyes of the people. And when they carried him blind into Babylon, all the other people went blind in, into yeah. Babylon as well. And so this is why, you know, um, you know, even there's still some even blind in Babylon even now. Mm-hmm. Say a lot. You know, uh, not to mention Babylon meaning confusion. So, you know, there's many that have lost their way. Yeah. Can't see their way out. I mean, mm-hmm. now, also, the number nine is associated with the word of Yah coming to, to his people, uh, his prophets in particular. The word of Yahuwah came to me. You know, it's oftentimes associated with the number nine in scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let us consider Ezekiel 24, one through seven, my next reader please. Again, again in the ninth year, in the 10th month, in the 10th day of the month, the word of Yahuwah came unto me saying, Son of man, write thee the name of the day. Even of this same day, the king of Babylon set himself against Jerusalem this same day and utter a parable unto the rebellious house and say unto them, Thus saith thy Adonai, Yahuwah, set on a pot, set it on, and also pour water into it. Gather the pieces thereof into it, even every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder, fill it with the choice bones. Take the choice of the flock and burn also the bones under it and make it boil well and let them seek the bones of it therein. Wherefore, thus saith the Adonai Yahuwah, woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is therein, and whose scum is not gone out of it. Bring it out piece by piece. Let no lot fall upon it. For her blood is the midst of her. She set it upon the top of a rock. She poured it not upon the ground to cover it with us. All right, so now, in case you haven't uh, has, haven't recognized, this is the exact same day in which you know Nebuchadnezzar comes up against uh, Jerusalem. You know, ninth year, tenth day, tenth day of uh, the month. You know, this is when he began to besiege them. You know, um, now the same day that he goes to besiege them, at the same time, Ezekiel is given a vision. You know, or given a word, if you would, you know, um, yeah, a word. It says the word of Yahuwah came to me. So it came in this um, ninth year during this time, you know, and, you know, so this was to let everybody in there know. And he gave this parable. The parable is concerning, you know, those who were in the city as well as those who were out the city. Within the parable, the city is likened unto the pot, you know, and you had people in the pot and you had people outside the pot that was used as fuel for the pot. Mm-hmm. Say a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's, that's you know, we don't have time to go into that, <laughs> but that's really regulatory, you know, if if um, if you want to understand the end times. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, if you want to understand, you know, how it was when Yahshua walked the earth, as well as how 
will be, you know, um, you know, in the last days. Mm-hmm. You know, say that, you know, because, uh, you know, yeah, does the same thing over again. Right. Um, it continues in verses 8 through uh, 14, my next reading, please. Um, All right, that it might cause fury to come up to take vengeance. I have set her blood upon the top of a rock that it should not be covered. Therefore, thus saith the master Yehovah, Woe to the bloody city. I will I will even make the pile for fire great. Heap on wood, kindle the fire, consume the flesh, and spice it well, and let the bones be burnt. Then set it empty upon the coals thereof, that the brass of it may be hot and may burn, and that the filthiness of it may be molten in it, that the scum of it may be consumed. She hath buried herself with God, and her great scum went not forth out of her. Her scum shall be in the fire. And thy filthiness is lewdness. Because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged, thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness anymore, till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. I, Yahuwah, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare. Neither will I repent, according to thy ways and according to thy doings. Shall they judge thee, saith Adonai Yahuwah. Hallelujah. So can you can you see within this, you know, Yah's um parable is prophesying that Jerusalem will, you know, made desolate. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and truly it did, you know, all of this it really came to pass, you know, um word for word, mm-hmm. you know. Now also consider Haggai two ten. It says in the four twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius came the word of Yahuwah by Haggai, the prophet. Mm-hmm. So you see, again, you know, in the ninth month, you know, the word of Yahuwah comes to one of his prophets. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see, associated with that that ninth, yeah. uh, again. And also, consider Zechariah 7-1. And it came to pass in the fourth year of the king Darius that the word of Yahuwah came to Zechariah in the fourth day of the month again this is when Yah chose to send his word to to his prophet associated with that number nine again can you see that mm-hmm. you know and then another thing that's associated with the number nine is prayer prayer you know consider Acts 3 1 it says now Kephas and Yochanan went up together into the temple at hour of prayer being the ninth hour mm-hmm. you know and uh remember this uh this, this passage um you know i may want to reference it a little later but we see that the ninth hour is the hour of prayer mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. you know also consider acts 10 30 says in cornelius said four days ago i was fasting until this hour and at the ninth hour i prayed in my house and behold you know and so again we see that this ninth hour 
It's the hour of prayer. The, the ninth hour um, was around 6 p.m., but we would call it 6 p.m. You know, now, the them also um, would call, they would also call the, uh, the ninth hour uh, 9 a.m., which that get confusing some, some, sometimes. Um, you know, if if you if they were dealing with the Romans, because the Romans they began at midnight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so so um, it came out like that. And then what would normally be the ninth hour would actually be the fifteenth hour. You know, mm -hmm. but suffice it to say, the ninth hour is the hour of prayer, no matter how you look at it. You know, and then we have the Ruach Hakodesh, that is. The Holy Spirit is also associated with the number nine. You know, when we go back to Acts 3, you know, and it speaks about Kephas and Yochanan um, going up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. You know, after they, after they, while they're doing this, you know, there's a beggar out begging for silver. You know, and this is when keepers, you know, look at them intently and tell them, silver and gold have I none, but I give you what I do have. Rise up and walk yeah. in the name mm -hmm. of Yahushua Hamashiach. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the Ruach Hapodesh showed up and healed the man. Wow. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You know, this was in the ninth hour. Also, in Acts um, 10.30, where we read about Cornelius, where it said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, um, you know, it continues on to talk about, you know, how, you know, a messenger of Elohim, an angel had appeared to him, you know, in bright white, you know, and told him to contact, you know, uh, Kephas or, or Apostle, Apostle Kephas, Apostle Peter, hmm. you know, and then this is when Apostle Peter would have the vision of the, of the sheets you know, that everybody say, oh, see, it's okay to eat whatever you want, you know, which had nothing to do with that, but I digress, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, again, I want you to see that the Royal Cockroach is associated with the ninth hour. Mm -hmm. You know, now also, the Royal Cockroach is associated with yeah. the number nine because the fruit of the spirit are nine. Mm -hmm. You know, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. There's nine fruit of the Ruach. And then the Ruach also has nine gifts. So you see the Ruach has nine all over. Amen? Amen. The nine gifts of the Spirit are found in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10. You know, um, First uh, Corinthians two twelve says, "Now we have received not the ruach of the world, but the ruach which is of Elohim, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of Elohim." You know, and the, the nine gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, as we seen with Kephas and Yochanan. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the word of. Uh, um, prophecy, the discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, and uh, 
or uh, in the interpretation of tongues. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are the nine gifts of the Ruach. You know, so in conclusion, concerning the number nine, this is actually a revelation that Yah gave me, you know, um, after uh, a 21 day fast. And this was uh, part of the revelation that he, he had given me. So, you know, I'm gonna share it with you guys. Uh, okay. And, and it was six plus three equals nine. Mm -hmm. And that don't seem very revelatory in and of <laughs> itself, right? <laughs> you know, but you, when you consider that scripturally speaking, the number six speaks to the number of man. You know, but if you look at this six, it's upside down. Yeah. Mm. And it's faced the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Why do I say it's faced the wrong way? Because what's the number of Yah? One. And the number one is actually in the opposite direction of the way the number six is faced. So that's why I say it's faced the wrong way. You know, but this is what Yah showed me. You know, so it's going away from Yah. Yeah. You know, now, the number three speaks to spiritual completion. You know, and take note that number three is facing towards Yah. Yeah. You know, and so the number six speaks to a man who has lost his way. Mm -hmm. Hence, he's going away from Yah. But when you put the man who has lost his way with the Ruach HaKodesh, mm -hmm. you get the number nine, mm -hmm. which is an upright man. So take note that the number nine is the six turned upright. And no longer is it facing away from Yah, but it's facing towards Yah. You know, and so the number nine also represents an upright man. You know, and this was a part of the revelation that he, he's given me, you know, um, concerning the number nine. And everything else that I shared coincides with this, you know, in the number nine representing the upright man. You know, for me, the way it came about was I was that number six. I was that man that had lost his way, that was going away from Yah. And Yah began to create situations and circumstances or have, have situations and circumstances occur in my life that caused me to pray. Mm -hmm. And it was the power of prayer through the Ruach Kapodesh, the power of prayer that led me to the word or led the word to come to me. Mm. You know, and so the word of Yahuwah came to me. And I wrote a book about it. Mm. You know, that word was uh, um, contained in, in the book of word from the king, you know, and it was 
Uh, man, gotta read my, go back and read my book. Uh, <laughs> uh, learn to love the Lord thy God and die, for without God we are die. That was the word I received. Mm-hmm. That was the word that came to me. Learn to love the Lord thy God and die for about God we all die. Mm-hmm. You know, and from that experience, the rock copper desk came upon me. And gifted me you know, to do Yah's will, you know, for what he would have me to do. And and it was during that time that I actually received the gift of speaking in the family tongue. And I've been seeking to follow the Ruach from that time forth and so that it can manifest fruit in my life. The mm-hmm. fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, and so I'm praying that in the end, when I receive my final judgment, which is also associated with the number nine, that I'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all halfway today. Yeah.